0: decided guys to take out my past intro and to just have some cute little music come straight into me talking. I feel like it's just more chill. It's what I like to listen to. And so yeah, that's what we're going to do for a little bit until I change my mind again. So today's episode is with Katie Pasternak and she is a woman's leadership coach. She coaches women on all things business, spirituality, lifestyle, and just bettering themselves and their lives. Today, we're going to talk about what feminine leadership looks like. She gives an awesome illustration of that. We're also going to talk about how to dream big, but not be addicted to the hustle and overachieving and how to give yourself breaks. And she explains beautifully how important these breaks in our day and not having such a strict routine is, which is something I'm definitely guilty of. We're also going to talk about what bringing flow back into your life means why you need confident content and so much more. She is so knowledgeable. I learned so much in this interview and she's so well spoken and I think you guys will love her advice she gives so let's go ahead and get started with the interview. Hi Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me Hannah I'm excited yes I Really, I'm intrigued by your story, especially because of your title as a woman leadership coach. I think that's just just so awesome, and it's a little bit different than just a business coach or something like that, and so I'd love to hear about where you got to where you are today, where do you live, uh, what has been your past work experience, school experience, any of that, and just give us the rundown on you. Mm. It's so funny. It's like a million
1: and one directions to go when people ask that question. (laughs) Um, Yeah, great. For the sake of time, just giving everyone a general perspective, um, I currently live in Manhattan. Um, I'm born and raised in New York, but I spent a lot of time traveling around, figuring out who I was on my path. Um, So when I came out of college, I guess, I was doing more like marketing and communications, and I was really interested in media, and I kind of had to go through this period of time where I was figuring out what I wanted to do and, and through figuring out my purpose, what I wanted to do, I was struggling with a lot of different eating disorders and self-worth issues and relationship is- issues and just not knowing who I was. It was very unconscious at the time in my life. And so the pain that I was experiencing because of all of those issues led me to personal and spiritual growth. And that became like the number one thing in my life as I was working a corporate career in marketing. And eventually it just became such a passion that I couldn't avoid doing it for my life's work. So I started a podcast, I started a coaching business, and over time it just naturally unfolded to becoming what it is today. And it moved from you know, self-love coaching to business coaching to spirituality to leadership coaching, all these different evolutions of my business have reflected the evolution that I've gone through personally. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of insight into where it is that I came from and what I'm about now.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. Uh, why did you decide to go into coaching as you're working through all of this uh, with yourself? Like you said, you're figuring out self-love and spirituality. You could have made e-books or workbooks. What uh, intrigued you to coaching?
1: Yeah, so you know, I'm a big believer that we all have a specific code and purpose within us. And Teacher is one of mine. I'm without a doubt here to do the work that I'm doing. So while I can say, you know, like, oh, it was just interesting and I liked impacting people, I know that it's like life's purpose work. (laughs) So I don't really think I had a choice.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I love that. That's awesome. Definitely learning through doing some coaching and stuff myself that it definitely is just a mindset you have to have of being a teacher and kind of and definitely a passion as well. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. You have navigated all that. So uh how old were you when you quit your corporate job to go full time? Um, what was I? Twenty five. Wow. Okay, that's so awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, how did you find that transition? Uh, if you were living in Manhattan during the time, was it scary to live in such a high-priced city with you know transitioning to an entrepreneurship role, or were you pretty confident in yourself that you could you know mm. take the lead and do that?
1: actually at this time I was living in Miami okay Um, I moved down there for a job that I was at that I absolutely loved the transition was really intense for me Um, in a in a a good way I decided that you know I was gonna make sure that I was really set up and I wasn't gonna just you know hopefully make some you know (laughs) make just a little bit amount of money and be able to get by I knew that I wanted to be thriving and so I set like goals for myself with the amount of money that I wanted to have saved. I was working with a really awesome coach. I was like really up-leveling in my business before I even left my job. So I knew that there was a certain point that I wanted to be at before I left. So I kind of hit the ground running and did things like really, really intensely for like three to four months. And in that time period, I was able to like surpass all of my goals and expectations and then just leave very comfortably, leaving, making more than I ever was at my corporate job.
0: That's awesome and I love uh, your story there because you said it was like three to four months of intense work to get to the point to where you could leave and I was talking to someone about this on a different podcast we were talking about how sometimes those rush moments can be really hard where we're putting in you know 24/7 work we're just go go going hustling and we feel like we we get down because we can't, no, we can't sustain this for a while. But as you explained, like it just took three to four months of you pushing to, uh, then get to the point where you can go full time and then have more free time and have more, uh, time for other aspects of your business. Did you find that through, through your story?
1: Yeah, totally. You know, and I think we all have different ways of approaching things. I know other people that take like, you know, two years to transition, but for me, it felt like there was something heavyweight, like weighing over me. Like I knew I wanted to leave. So every day going into my job felt heavier. It felt like I was being suffocated. Like my body like literally didn't want to get up out of bed because it just became so just painful because it was out of alignment. So yes, I, I believe that I like that approach a lot better to just be like, all right, this is a time period. Just like get focused, get committed and make it happen so you can feel the freedom that you're craving.
0: Yes, I'm at that point in the semester right now uh, as we get towards finals and the holidays. I just want to spend my nights watching a Hallmark movie, but I'm like, no, this is the time to push through and then you can enjoy the holidays.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes.
0: Uh, so something that really intrigued me about you was, um, like I said, the leadership coaching aspect, because in high school I did a lot of leadership opportunities, just, you know, the types of you do in high school, like a varsity captain or advisor, or, um, you know, just a, a person, lower classmen would go to for advice through the years. And I'm trying to find my place in leadership in college too. I've gone through some programs and just kind of trying to find places I can grow into being a leader in my environment. And so I'd love to take a little time to talk about feminine leadership to you um, because I know you mentioned that and also how our listeners can start building a leadership mindset even if they don't have the resources right now or the position to be a leader, how they can, the beginning stepping stones to the mindset.
1: Mm, Yes, love it. So where do you want to start? sorry, That
0: was a lot. Uh, First, tell me a little bit about what leadership is to you and feminine leadership and how you explain that.
1: Leadership to me is about leading ourselves in such high integrity and, and alignment that we naturally inspire others to follow that. And we pull people forward into leading themselves in that same container so they can create the life and the circumstances and the influence that they want. Feminine leadership is that and being incredibly tapped into our heart, our empathy, our creative capacity, and our authentic feminine expression, realizing that we do things differently than men do. And leading as a woman, you know, forces us to kind of move through a lot of old paradigms of women being bossy or women being cold or women not being strong enough. We really have to move through all those things with such love and such accountability for ourselves in the way that we show up. We're like redefining a new role, a new way of leading as a woman. Um, So that's what inspires me to um, really influence this space and this work. And a lot of the women that I work with are coaches and entrepreneurs. And it's not as much about being like, Oh, I, you know, I lead 50 people on my team. Sometimes it is. But a lot of the time it's like, I need to lead myself so people believe in what I'm offering and they need to know that they can trust me when they come to work with me. Because if we don't have any embodied leadership, people aren't going to follow what it is that we're saying. So it doesn't matter if we're a coach or whatever, but if we're leading a business or we're trying to enroll people into a book that we're writing, anything, we need to have embodied self-belief and leadership in order for them to follow us. So that's what the work is about for me.
0: Yes, that's so beautiful. So for the gals out there that, like I said, aren't in that position yet to be a leader, they don't have a team or they're in school and they, there may be a younger class, but they don't really know where they can get involved in, but they want to start working on themselves in that aspect. What do you think the first building blocks are for that?
1: Mm, I think one of the, well, it, at the core, it's about self-leadership and asking, how are you leading yourself? So if there's things that you're in your life that you're struggling with, what is your plan around that right now? Are you taking the time to lead yourself through self-love practices, through meditation, through whatever it is that you know you need to thrive and to be the best version of you? Are you leading yourself? Are you being your best cheerleader, your best coach and doing that consistently? Because when when you do that, you are a natural leader to everyone else because you know how to do it. There's that component. And then as a really practical thing, it's about communication and conscious communication with other people. That's how we build a lot of leadership is when we are willing to get uncomfortable in our relationships and express what it is that we're feeling, what it is that's not cool for for us and to receive feedback from other people and be willing to take it, even though it might hurt our ego. So I think having communication, like open communication with people around us to just have more honest conversations, like ask your friends, like, Hey, How is it that I show up for you that you really enjoy? And how is it that I show up for you that isn't really effective in our friendship? And just be willing to put yourself out there in a container like that. Something like that would build leadership as well.
0: I love that because a lot of times when I even I think of leadership, I think of being in charge and, you know, being the only one to speak and lead that kind of idea. But the fact that you brought up conversation is awesome because I think to just simple little examples, like in a group project, you can start working on your leadership by not just taking the reins and doing everyone's work, but making sure that everyone's voice is heard and everyone's opinions and ideas are heard. Like that's what it takes to be a true leader, not just talking over everyone else.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. That's like low. I have like different le- layers of leadership that we work with. That's like one of the lowest layers. Um, and what we're really talking about, especially with feminine leadership is like, it's like really heart centered, connected. And sometimes leading is about being in the back of the room, you know, yes. and empowering other leaders into rising there. There's so many different ways that we can be leaders. And it really just drops down to what's going to be in the highest integrity for the greatest good of the mission that's here right now.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. So you mentioned self love practices in there and I just got an idea. I would love to hear what some of your favorite self care practices, self love practices are. Cause you just seem like the woman who knows them all. I mean, your podcast is called sexy soul radio and I just, it's so, it's so great. So I'd love to hear what, what's in your routine.
1: Mm. So it's definitely, it's always shifting and expanding and growing. But um, I would say two of the things that are most prominent for me, in addition to like meditation, introspection, and that is looking at myself in the mirror and the eyes like every single day and having conversation with myself. Um, there's, There's such depth and intimacy that we create with ourselves when we look at ourselves and move through any resistance that we might have to looking at ourselves in the eyes. Like everything that we might be running away from or we might be avoiding will naturally come up in that moment. And so I did that work or with mirror work originally to move through just a lot of resistance to being intimate with myself. And now it's morphed into a, a channeling practice so much. Like I can really connect to the depths of my soul when I have that experience. And I just reaffirm things to myself and remind myself how amazing I am and, and do that work. That's really powerful for me. And then the other is dance Um, and really allowing dance to be this really sacred container where I can connect not only to my body, but to my expression and to allow myself to just have so much fun. Like I I actually like rent a dance studio for myself that I just like go and like play in because it just, it lights me up so much. So for me, it's about really being aware of what's bringing me excitement and choosing those things, and making those non-negotiable things. Uh, So those two are the things that came to mind when you asked.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to put it, is choosing the things that make you excited. I've never heard it put that way. It's been, you know, the things that make you calm, or the things that make you centered, which are also really great. But I love the fact that you're bringing in something um, like dance, which I did dance in the past, and I agree. It's such a, it's such a great feeling when you feel really connected to your body through the dance, and through the music. It's like no other, but anything that excites you and This is why I mention in my videos to find that thing that excites you and try to do that first thing in the morning so that you have motivation to get up and to do something you love instead of going to the work or the school that you dread. Uh, But leading into that, I would love to hear about your morning routines because I am a morning routine fanatic and how you manage your business and your coaching calls, but also making time for yourself and living in New York. I'd love to hear uh, just... Go through your routine like you woke up.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it definitely, I give myself permission to be flexible for sure. Um, and I do travel quite a bit. So it does it does change here and there. But for the most part, um, I wake up and I have coffee and I journal. Um, and I pretty much just free flow journal of whatever wants to come up in that experience. Sometimes it just just right and write. Sometimes it's a creative idea. Sometimes it's like introspection and questioning myself. Going through that, um, and then I do a little tarot card reading. I just love tarot so much. So I'll just do a little little guidance reading for the day. Then I go to the gym. Um, like movement in the morning is like absolutely essential for me. So whether that's you know cardio or yoga or weightlifting, just needs to have movement. And I shower, um, I come back and I do a really deep state meditation practice. Um, meditation is like one of the core foundations of a lot of the work that I do in my programs and with people, because I'm really, a lot of the work is also about the subconscious mind and accessing divine states. So I'm really intentional about going into altered states first thing in the morning with meditation. And then from that point, I let the day flow. I'm really fortunate in that I've been able to grow my business at a at a pretty fast rate. That I don't have, I don't have to work for like eight hours a day, like ever. You know, my 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 schedule is very flexible. I have a team that supports me, so I'm very blessed in that way. But those mornings are the mornings that I'm the most um, connected to everything that I that I get to go through in my business that day.
0: Yeah, that's that's the dream, man, just having the team back you up and you getting to do all the things that just set your soul on fire and make you feel good. And also, of course, doing the, the important stuff for you, which I'm sure is talking one-on-one with your clients. So that's awesome. hmm Yes. So I've listened to a podcast episode of yours on success where you talked about the overachiever mindset and that really resonated with me. Um, There are some things this past summer that really I could (laughs) just spot on tell you after it was all done that it was just an overachiever mindset and led to burnout. If people have followed my podcast, you've uh, heard me talk through that. But I'd love to hear your take on that mindset and how we can achieve our dreams without being addicted to them, if that makes sense. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's all about the intention, right? So it's like, what is the intention behind manifesting the dream? And we really have to drop into a soul level when we ask that, because the mind is going to be like, oh, I want this because I like, don't just list a million and one reasons. Like, this is why I have to do it. Da-da. And if you keep going deeper and deeper and deeper, you might find that it's actually an old program that has you wanting that thing. And so if the old program is like, well, if I get that, then I'll feel safe or I'll get that, then I'll feel like I'm loved by everyone else. I feel validated, mm-hmm. whatever. If that is the reason that's driving us, whatever we're chasing and the way that we're chasing it is tainted by ego. And if something's tainted by ego, it's coming from that like seeker syndrome, which perpetuates the hole that we feel inside. So the uh, overachiever is driven by the hole that we feel, this emptiness that we feel. And we think that once we get the thing and we get to that level, then we're going to feel whole because we're going to be recognized. We're going to have love. It's going to be great. But in truth, we have to go into that hole, into the feeling of not being loved as we are, where we are, to feel the wholeness of who we are, which is a spiritual soul. And when we go into that hole, then we get to change the way that we approach the goal we might realize that the goal that we were chasing isn't actually relevant and it was from an old program. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've worked with that were like became doctors because their parents projected that, that onto them and then they realized that it has nothing to do with their purpose. Or it might be the same goal, it's just we change the way that we're moving towards it because now we don't need it to survive. We're not needing to fill the hole. We're literally just coming from fullness and we're just trusting the process every step of the way. So it's really, it's not as much about the direction as it is the way that we're moving towards it. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. I'd never uh, heard of it that way. And I love that because when I look at my own life, I think my goal for wanting to get so many more YouTube followers or Instagram followers or make so much money this year in whatever I'm selling, um, I think it comes from recognition of people that may not even be the most important people in my life because I know my parents and my family will support me with whatever I do but I think the why I sometimes want to overachieve is so that I I look good online for all the people that I don't know uh for Mm -hmm. them to look back and be like oh wow yes she achieved this that's amazing and I just want that recognition Mm -hmm. so yeah I guess I need to go and look and search and see what what started that. and, And I don't know, do you have any advice for how I can change that path?
1: Yeah. So basically, I mean, that's just like an inner child wound. So if you just connect to that inner child within you that didn't feel like all the love was available to you when you were younger, that's like that subconscious imprint. When we connect to that piece of us and we remind ourselves like, hey, You are loved. You don't need to be anyone for anyone else. Like, you're okay where you are. You're safe. And we reaffirm that to ourselves. We change that pattern and association that we have. And whether you do that by journaling or by speaking it out to yourself in the mirror, or if you do, like, an inner child, you know, some type of hypnosis or something. I love hypnosis. Um, Going into that state to kind of change the association to it. When you go in, it's about going into the wound and mending the illusion that you have that you need all those things in order to gain love. And when you do that, then you just get to notice yourself shifting the way that you show up to getting those things. And really, you just naturally release the attachment to getting all of it when you feel so full of love for yourself.
0: Wow, that's so cool. Wow. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I also loved your episode on flow and bringing flow into your life. And I know my listeners will benefit from this whole idea. So what does that even mean, bringing the flow back into your life, and how can women do so?
1: Mm. Yeah, well, we're raised in a very masculine society for the most part, which is very like, do this, wake up, here's the thing, get it done, hustle, grind, action, which is good to some degree because we need that structure in order to get results. But a lot of people, and particularly women, are feeling very burnt out because they're not embracing space in their life you know every every hour of the day has something marked for it. it's like oh well I wake up and there's my routine and there's my exercise there's my job there's my relationship with my partner That's this. there's no space and when we don't have space we don't get to find out who we actually are and who we're becoming because we're we're running by our mind we're just we're literally out of the present moment we're thinking about what we didn't get done yet we're thinking about what happened yesterday it's just a very unfulfilled way of living but when we incorporate space to allow ourselves to just be present to what, what wants to come. If you set an hour of your day to be like, I don't know what's going to be happening then. And I'm not going to default into numbing myself out with Netflix food, wine, whatever it is, because that's what I've done because I've been burnt out. I'm going to be proactive now in the space that I'm creating, in the flow and ease that I'm creating and actually nourish myself. Just be present to what wants to come through me. Maybe there's like new creativity that wants to come through. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's just sitting with self. Maybe it's going out in nature. But all that space that we create rewires our association to how we need to show up. It rewires our body so we're not operating out of stress. And when we are not in stress, we are more connected to, to actual flow, which is the universe trying to communicate through you. I mean, the best downloads always come when we're in a state of calm and peace and fun. And we need to be intentional about programming that flow into our life if we want to feel the totality of what life could be.
0: That's so true and I've never realized it, but now that you're saying it, it it makes sense because a lot of my great content ideas or just creative ideas in general come from either when my mind's kind of in that zone when I'm working out and it's just kind of blank and my body's like moving though and there's a lot of movement or also when I'm on vacation and I'm not supposed to be doing anything, I'm just laying on the beach and then all these ideas start flooding to me and I'm like, where did these come from? I've been searching for this idea for months. Uh, So I definitely need to program that into my, my week, like you said, and making time not just on vacation or just when I'm working out, but to have that peace uh, to help rewire it all.
1: Totally. And you know, it, it goes with that seeker syndrome too, right? Because it, it reprograms that because when you start to create space for flow in your life, you realize that you don't need to be doing all the things that you thought you needed to be doing. You know, all the, sometimes the things that we're doing and we're strict about, we're doing this, we're doing that. It's because we're operating out of fear and an old program. But when you realize that your vibration and your frequency is creating everything for you, and you get to be happy and fulfilled just as everything is, and it's naturally going to flow into the way it's supposed to be, and you see proof of that in your life, it just becomes so much more magical. And, you know, I'm a like I'm definitely like have high achiever wired within me. And, you know, I run a I run a multiple six figure business. Like I totally it on the practical level, I can see how this sounds crazy and within the last year this has just like completely transformed my life where I don't I don't really make plans anymore you know like I don't make plans or strict things that I have to do and I trust that everything comes to me and it does and it's just such a more like fulfilling way to live and I know that everyone can get to this place when they're intentional about not just creating space to relax but to see what comes up in that and to see the limiting beliefs and stories that come up, it's like, oh, you're being lazy. You're not going to get the results. The money's not going to come in. The followers aren't going to come. All of that fear is what you get to work through and be like, oh, this is why I'm not getting results. It's not because I wasn't taking enough action. It's because of this pattern, this program that was running me that I wouldn't be able to observe unless I created space to relax and to see it come up. And then you get to like literally just see it and then clear it and choose something new and like, no, I trust, I surrender, I allow myself to receive. And you go through your own reprogramming practice with your with your frequency, with your beliefs, and then you naturally start to create that with your life despite how much action you're taking.
0: That's so good, thank you. Yeah, oh, wow, I hope the listeners got all that because it was just a great way to re-look at your, your routine and your day and your life, it's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, okay. So switching to a little bit more of a business aspect, uh, I'd love to know about your course, confident content and how content can change any entrepreneur's path. Because I've been doing content for years that started as my main gig before I'm trying to transition into other business ideas, but content has always been my thing. But for the entrepreneur who isn't using content in their business, how can you help them? How can they help themselves and how can the content help them?
1: Yes. Well, for me, content has been the staple for my business and for any entrepreneur that's coming in and you don't have thousands of dollars to invest in Facebook ads, (laughs) I would suggest that it is yours too. If we want people to know, like, and trust us, which is essential to close any kind of sale or container with someone, we need to be showing them through our content, through our storytelling, through the value that we're providing on a consistent basis. So for me, it was always innate within me. I've always been creative. I went to school for communications. When I started to learn more about like personal development, personal growth, I naturally wanted to start writing a blog and start recording a podcast and doing all those things. And through doing that, I built rapport with my tribe. And so whenever I'd come out with an offer, be like, hey, now I'm coaching. Now I have a program. Now I have this, whatever. People would trust me, and so it would be an easy close because they've been experiencing my teaching and experiencing my content, so they're building this trust. And so many new uh, entrepreneurs and coaches and people that are here to help are coming online now, and they don't really know how to create content in a way that's going to attract their customers to them. Because we can't just talk about our offer or talk about ourselves and expect that everyone's going to want to come to us. There's a way to create content that's going to showcase value, that's going to position you as an authority, and that people are going to really feel and connect to the embodied belief that you have within yourself. So myself and my business partner, Kiara Mizuko, who's another really, really powerful um, women's empowerment and business coach, we knew we were both really great at creating content. We're like, we need to create something for these women in particular and that are really struggling to show up powerfully and create content consistently in a way that's building their business organically. So we created this uh, course called Confident Content, And it goes through all these different pillars of really how to shift your identity into being a really empowered influencer and content creator. So you can get that energetic piece locked in, like how to speak to people, what types of content to share, different methodologies and programs to develop mass amount of content in a fast amount of time. Uh, There's so much in there that's so needed right now. But, you know, for everyone listening that is looking to build an online business, this is something that needs to be established. It is the key for organic growth. Um, And it gets to be really fun, which is the good part.
0: A hundred percent agree. I find that you can't just sell, sell, sell online anymore. You have to give, give, give first. And content is a great way to do that, whether, yeah, YouTube videos or just like an Instagram story every day, giving a free tip. I don't know, but I love that. It's awesome. Okay, so what is the best piece of advice you have ever received? And if you need a second to think, I totally understand.
1: <laughs> one just came up and I'm like, oh, I've received so many, but one came up was that I am not doing, I am being done. And that really changed a lot for me because when I first came into this work, I was really working on, you know, building myself back up and you know, doing something that I love and building my business. And it was really exciting, but it also felt like a lot of pressure. And it was all on me. Like I was the one that was creating mm-hmm. everything. I was the one that was thinking the thoughts and doing the manifestation work and doing this and doing that, whatever. That was all on me. And so that was reflected um, from one of my mentors. And it's actually a quote from Wayne Dyer. I think it's Wayne Dyer. I think it was one of his books, but you are not doing, you are being done trusting and believing that, there is an energy behind you that is moving you into what you're here to do. It's not all up to you. And you really do get to like surrender into that place. And it, it takes a lot of reprogramming to trust something like that, to trust that you really are so supported. (laughs) Like our mind just has a thinking like something crazy. It's all in me and I need to be, I need to be efficient. I need to be productive. I need to do all these things. And that just perpetuates this feeling of stress. So for me, receiving that uh, advice helped me surrender into my path and just to know and trust and just flow with things so I don't have stress or fear or overwhelm, any of that, and just really let life move me.
0: Beautiful. I love that so, so, so much. Thank you so much, Katie. I'd love for you to tell the listeners uh, where they can find you. And if anything is coming up special for you, I know you got your course, you got the podcast, and if there's anything else, let them know.
1: Yes. Oh, thank you so much. So the best place to find me would be Instagram, I'd say, at Katie Pasternak, or you can listen to my podcast, which you mentioned, Sexy Soul Radio. Um, I do have a couple courses. We have Confident Content Course, and I also have a course. um, It's called Sexy Soul Masterclass, and that's a 12-week course that goes through all of my modalities for personal transformation and manifestation for women. So it goes deep into all my hypnosis, meditations, like deep dive into limiting belief work, block removal, money manifestation, body healing, feminine energy, a lot of really powerful, powerful work that's now being offered as a course. So if anyone's kind of looking for like a one-stop shop to go deep into this work, that would be a really great option for you if you feel called.
0: That's amazing. All sounds awesome. Well, thank you again. I've learned so, so, so much just through the 30 minutes or so we've had together. And I hope the listeners have as well. I'm sure they have. Um, but yeah, thank you again. And I can't wait to hear more from you.
1: Thank you so much, Hannah. Sending you so many blessings and luck with your podcast.
0: Thank you. Whoop, whoop. I want to know if you guys enjoy that episode as much as I did. Of course, I would like to remind you guys that if you like the show, the best way to support me and the show is to leave an iTunes review. I... Don't push this as much as a lot of other creators, and I find maybe that stabs me in the back, as our iTunes reviews are a little lacking. We have the stars, but I would love to hear actual reviews from you guys. It takes a few minutes. If you have an iTunes account, it kind of sucks if you listen on another platform and you don't have an iPhone or an iTunes account that you can't review, but if you can, it would mean the absolute world to me. I check and I love reading new reviews. Anyway, I hope you guys also have an awesome weekend. If you're listening to this on Friday, it is now, it is Black Friday today that if you're listening to this the day of, and I pre-recorded this so I could definitely go shopping with my mom. That's probably what I'm doing right now, and I hope you guys have had an awesome Thanksgiving if you celebrate it and an awesome holiday season. We're going to have some holiday content coming to you real quick. And yeah, that's basically all I have to say. Okay, guys, send me a screenshot if you listened. I'd love to chat it up and I will talk to you guys next Friday. Bye.